we have these crossroads. And you know, either way you choose, your life is going to be different. The universe doesn't exist, but God thinks it does. We have to stop consuming our culture. We have to create culture. Stupidity has a definite evolutionary function. I am all for abolishing stupidity, but before it goes, we should pay tribute to it. Hello, all you heathens and degenerates and lovely, lovely people. Welcome to the Nonsense Bazaar, a podcast about esoteric fascism, apparently. So that's where we just Not always. Up. Not always at all. Sometimes, though. It just keeps cycling more, back. More often than you would think. More often than mm, I thought we more, would. More often than keeps, I want. It just keeps going back there. Yeah. Don't know how that happened. It's the dark heart. Here we are. Of America. I'm Sequoia Kennedy. And I'm Willow Truman. Hello, Willow. Hi, Sequoia. Happy St. Patrick's Day. Oh, happy St. Patty's Day. I hope you all... You're not wearing green. Oh, yes, you are. Eh, I've always hated that. That's a, yeah. I didn't even realize it was St. Patrick's Day until I was at the store earlier. Yeah. They were giving away free Jameson at the, the beer store. Sweet. I didn't, I didn't, it was packed. It was uncomfortable. Yeah. 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 I'm not trying to be close to so many people. I was just trying to buy some beer and I was thinking about esoteric fascism and then I realized it was... Oh, it's St. Patrick's Day. Day. <laughs> Better get some whiskey. So yeah. I did. So why are we talking about... Why are, we why, talking? why are you bringing up fascism, eh? Yeah. Well... Uh, what's all that about? This is not how I wanted to do this topic. No. Uh-huh. Um, but my hand has been forced. Yeah. And, uh, you know, things move fast these days. So this uh, this could all be totally irrelevant by the time this comes out. Mm. Like three weeks or so. I hope so, at least. Yeah. But, Willow, you can attest to this. When we first reconnected, like, a year and a half ago... Mm-hmm. One of the first things I probably started yelling about was how evil wizards were running the world. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You might have mentioned that once or twice. Yeah. Three wizards. Three evil wizards, specifically. The three wizards. Uh, That's probably what I was yelling about. Uh, You know, these guys who, they ride their stupid war ponies under the banner of a little known and hard to understand philosophy called traditionalism. 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 Sounds so boring. Sure does. It what is. does it mean? Well, that's kind of, it's kind of hard to say. Yeah. This is, we're talking capital T traditionalism uh, for those keeping score at home. And fair warning, we're entering a strange and magical world where words don't mean what they mean. Mm. Where words definition, have fuzzy meanings. Definition, logic, reason, and semantics itself exists only as a weapon. So there's going to be a lot of that. Yeah. Yeah. Capital T's, there's capital... Um, these three stooges of traditionalism, uh, are three people with probably outsized political influence than they should have. Although the degree to which they still do have influence is debated and we can't really be sure of that. However, they are emblematic, shall we say, of a very particular current of thought that mm-hmm. has taken over the world in the last decade or so. Okay. So they're not like, these aren't figures that are like the leading man, but maybe the guy behind the they're leading dime, man whispering in his ear or something dime, like that. They're dime store Rasputin in their dreams. Okay, cool. Yeah. I understand what you mean. First one, man we all know and love. Yeah. Steve Bannon. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, love, yeah, give it up love for that Steve guy. Woo, yeah. yeah. He's the only one you've heard of. He's, uh, he's the sanest one of the three, I think. Wow. Yeah. 
Second, Olavo de Carvalho. Uh, and he, well, Steve Bannon, for those of you who don't know, I should you know, say the relevance of Steve Bannon, because we've talked about him before, and it was in the context of the biosphere. Biosphere, but I think he deserves a little intro, a yeah. couple of sentences. Uh, Johnny Dolphin has nothing to do with this. Bannon's biosphere time. While an interesting aside, and perhaps relevant to overall philosophical questions, yes, has nothing to do with this. Okay, yeah. Steve Bannon was Donald Trump's campaign advisor in the 2016 presidential election, senior campaign advisor. And he was also Donald Trump's uh, chief White House strategist for the first year or two mm-hmm. of the Trump administration. Yeah. Yeah. It was Steve Bannon's ideology that Donald Trump wrote into the White House on. Uh, eventually, the uh, more mainstream Republicans forced him to boot his ass out. Uh-huh. Steve Bannon is the crazy white-haired alcoholic-looking guy who stole a bunch of money from the Build a Wall project so his buddy could buy a boat. His face is always so pink. His eyes are yeah, always so bulgy. Horrible. He's also a self-described mystic and a very spiritual man. It's, it's weird. We'll talk yeah, about really him you wouldn't. Later. You wouldn't guess. You really wouldn't. Yeah, looking at him, uh-uh. You really, really wouldn't. You can Google... Steve Bannon, mystic. And you'll get a bunch of interviews about Steve Bannon being a mystic. All right. Brief introduction. We'll talk a little more. We'll talk a bit more about him later. A bit Second, more about Bannon later. A bit more about Bannon. Second, Brazilian named Olavo de Carvalho. Now, Carvalho, who, even though he's the most geographically distant from his leader, um, he probably had the most direct influence on Jair Bolsonaro, the president of Brazil, uh-huh. uh, just in terms of straight philosophical continuity. Like they spoke on the phone a lot and shit. Okay. Trump, you know, Trump was like a bull. Steve Bannon was riding and eventually he got bucked off. Yeah. You know, you can't really manipulate that guy. Mm-mm. It, unless you're like directing a bull through hallways and stuff and getting <laughs> to smash where you want to. But that's not the game Bannon was playing. Lava de Garfalo, he's also the most outwardly mystical and magical of the three. He wrote a lot of books about numerology, gematria, astrology, all this stuff before turning to politics around the time that Jair Bolsonaro came into power in Brazil, which is this is still in the same era, you know, the 2016 mm-hmm. and back half of the 2010s. Well, last month or something, uh, Carvalho fucked off and died. Oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Womp womp. Okay. Dude was like 90. He did nothing but smoke cigars and fucking eat banana splits and hate people different from him. Uh, and Banana he, splits are good. Yeah, they're great. Yeah, it's a great dessert. Uh, he was vehemently anti-COVID vaccination and then died of COVID. And there's literally nothing womp, I womp. care less about than pissing on that dude's grave. He's dead. Probably better off. Although, he was the funniest of the bunch. Oh, good. Can't yeah. wait to hear about him. We're not. Oh. He's dead. We don't have time to get, get too much into that dude. Oh. The man we're here to see... <laughs> Is not funny at all. He's straight up not funny. It's so hard to make this dude entertaining. He's both boring and just awful. A real magician's trick. Yeah. His name's Alexander Dugan. He is a Russian. And according to him, he has the ear of Russian President Vladimir Putin. According mm-hmm. to Dugan, that is. That may or may not be true. But more than anything else, to understand what... To understand what is going on in Ukraine right now, you need to understand Alexander Dugan, or at least where Alexander Dugan comes from. Because even if, even if Dugan doesn't have Putin's ear, they're both emblematic of the same types of philosophies. Yeah. Right. The special Russian truth. Yeah, the special Russian truth. So 
I was trying, I was banging my head against a wall to um, try to figure out how to make this episode funny. Yeah. I knew I needed to do it because it's something I've been yelling about for a while and I wanted to do a series of three episodes on these three dudes, mm-hmm. right? And then, you know, Russia forced my hand. <laughs> I'll blame that on Putin too. Right. It's not your fault. Yeah. I mean, I just think it's probably important to know these things and like, I'm not a geopolitical expert. Nor am I. In case Good you were God, wondering. No. Um, and so I can only explain or tell my perspective on a very specific side of this whole mess. Mm-hmm. But I think the philosophy behind this shit, and I think Alexander Dugan and Steve Bannon in particular are worth understanding to get a more complete picture of what the, the fuck happened. The force is at play. Yeah. So I was banging my head against the wall trying to figure out how to make this episode funny because we're a comedy show. Yeah. Not just we're not just about Nazis. We're funny, too. Ah, ha ha ha. Yeah. Pee pee poo poo. Does that make yeah. you laugh? <laughs> yeah. So what I did was I put together a soundboard of uh, sound clips from the classic Coen Brothers film, The Big Lebowski. And we're just doing that. Yeah. Too. So this is <laughs> that's just going to be a part of this. Episode, it's just going to be a part of this episode. And it's I, good. I can't wait. Yeah. I'm I, learning too, by the way, listeners. Yeah. Well, I, I, I hope I'm, I hope I'm teaching, you know, fucking Nazis. Yeah. You know? <laughs> it's perfect. Yeah. So all three of these dudes, Bannon, Dugan, Tecarvalo, while not necessarily allied within the umbrella of traditionalism, they have a few things in common. They're all proponents of a mystic, theocratic authoritarianism that has sneakily woven its way through the fringes of like a lot of different subcultures. Hmm. There are influences from this in a lot of different places. And as we go on, I think you'll start probably start to see... Some of that. Okay, I'm excited. Um, in like I'm just, scratching in just my subtle chin. ways. You know how like there are different currents of thought that just kind of ripple out, and like their influence gets less and less audible mm-hmm. as it as it goes on. Um, that's kind of what I'm thinking of here. Yeah. But it's just like one of those ones you didn't know existed. Kind of like Theosophy. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, it's quiet. Yeah, it's, it's quiet. It's very it. influential, but not a lot of people know too much about it. It's like a subwoofer. Yeah. Yeah. Ruff, ruff. So I wanted to do three episodes in each of these guys. Uh, I really, I'm just sort of trying to explain Alexander Dugan as best I can. Problem is, he's just not funny. He's frightening. He's the soul of Fort Chan alt-right fascism, stripped of all its charisma, replaced by $3 words. Uh, $3 words? That's kind of words. expensive. You think I have that kind of money? He definitely doesn't anymore. <laughs> um, Get wrecked, Dugan. <laughs> Get wrecked. Um... $3 words used without consideration as to what they mean and in an impossible to understand Russian accent. Oh, amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Try to argue with that. You can't. And that's the whole that's the whole bit. Uh, Steve well Bannon played it, That's why he's frightening. <laughs> Steve Bannon. I can make Steve Bannon hilarious. I that that's easy. That yeah. dude is a character. He kind of, yeah, he just is Terrif- funny. Yeah, he's hilarious. He's terrifyingly intelligent. He's a bad dude. Definitely a character. 
Dave Cavallo was just hilarious on his own. Yeah. He dressed up like a cowboy, lived in Virginia, smoking cigars, eating banana splits, riding horses and not getting vaccinated. Yeah. Writing about astrology and geopolitics. I... And how middle Americans are the most holy people on the planet. Gotta respect it. <sighs> what a mind. It's definitely special. Yeah. Definitely a special feller. Yes. Yeah. Um, Pick his brain. Yeah. No, he's an asshole. He's a Nazi. He's a racist, misogynist piece of shit. Nah, I don't want his brain. Mm. Yeah. Uh, if you want to learn more about this stuff, there are many far better sources than us. Firstly, I'd recommend War for Eternity by Benjamin Teitelbaum. It's a profile of Bannon, which goes heavily into the other two. It explains Bannon in the context of those, those other guys. Uh, based on months of interviews Teitelbaum did under the guise of his actual job, which is as a professor of ethnomusicology. And that's how he just like, got a bunch of interviews with Bannon. He was uh. like, oh, I'm researching neo-folk, which is pretty cool. Uh, second is Gary Lockman's Dark Star Rising, Magic and Power in the Age of Trump. This is more magical and esoteric than War for Eternity. I think both books do certain things better than the other. Um, yeah, and yeah, I'm telling you to read two books this week. That's how you know we're serious here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, Sequoia knows how to read. Fuck you. <laughs> Stop that. <laughs> you read books. They're great. It's a good thing to do. All right. So people often say, like, the world really did end in 2012, right? Mm-hmm. Like, I think the world actually ended in 2012 because things have been really weird since then, right? Yeah. The uh, world before 2012 is gone. Yeah. And uh, after that, it seems like shit got just really, really weird. And it seems really, really weird because you're not looking at it through the right lens. It's not your fault. Uh, how could any normal person be expected to suspect that a fringe, entirely esoteric and mystical belief system could be responsible for like a large portion of geopolitical events and things that have happened in the world? Like I said, three wizards are running the world like that's hyperbole, right? Yeah, it's complete hyperbole. But there's a current of magical, esoteric and spiritual thought that is doing geopolitical shit. Yeah. Yeah. Meme magic. Yeah, exactly. Uh, it's responsible for everything from fucking Pepe the Frog to Donald Trump to the war in Ukraine. Yeah. You shouldn't be able to suspect that. And that's quite literally the oldest wizard's trick in the book. Be too goddamn weird and or too goofy for people to take seriously. As I've said before, me and you know this game very well. It's a good game. Yeah. It's a fun game. It's a wicked fun game. What the fuck are you talking about? What I'm talking about, sir. <laughs> Traditionalism, broadly defined, is the belief that somewhere way back in the past, the grand cosmic capital T truth of life, the universe, and everything was revealed to humanity. Since that revelation, the major world religions have kept a part of that truth alive, Mm. but humanity has been progressing downwards through four ages, from coherence to sheer chaos and meaninglessness and disintegration, the Kali Yuga. Of the Hindu traditions. And which is where we find ourselves now. The age of destruction and chaos. The Kali Yuga. Okay. The end of the cycle. Sure. Yeah. That's cool. I like it. That's a fun that's a fun little way of thinking about things. Yeah, it's a fun little way of thinking about things. Yeah. At first, yeah. And like, already people are going, like, there's no way Steve Bannon has ever heard of the Kali Yuga. Like, that, well, I mean, Bannon says that like in his, uh, when he was a Navy dude, his hobby was going when they would touch down at port before touchdown at port, I'm not a fucking, I, I, I can tell I've never been on a, on a boat before. Um, 
When they got to port. Yeah. They pulled in. When they parked the fucking car, they yes. got out and his boys were going to the bar. He's like, oh, I'll meet up with you guys later. And he would always go and find the occult bookstore. He was always had a mystic bent ever since he was a kid. He was a Christian and shit, but he wanted like the mystic shit. That's right? us. Yeah, that's me. Absolutely. Yeah. Fuck I always yeah. go straight to the supernatural section. Yeah. And like Bannon was in there one day, like the first, he told a story in War for Eternity. Um, but the first time he like bought a metaphysical book and wouldn't you know it, it was Helena Blavatsky's The Secret Doctrine. It's the first. Oh, what a... What a first book to pick up. Yeah. Be like, what does this mean? What is this? Yeah, it didn't end up meaning a lot to him because theosophy doesn't actually have much to do with yeah. a lot of this, weirdly, which is nice. A nice twist. Yeah. You know? HPB taking a back seat. Taking a back seat when it comes to this. <laughs> uh, well, in fact, the sort of herald of traditionalism as not the founder or whatever, because this, again, is super murky. The herald. That's how Bomb describes it. And that's also the second time I've used that word this episode. So I'm going to say the... Uh, I like herald. Herald's a good word. We don't use it enough, quite it's frankly. It's true. Uh, but the French philosopher René Guénon brought what would be known as traditionalism into the world in the early 20th century. Uh, his words generally focused on... He generally focused on what's known as perennialism, which is the idea that there's this big old capital T truth revealed to humanity back in the good old days, uh, right? And that all the world's religions all carry a bit of it. Okay. The major so, ones. I'm similar. Yeah, the major yeah. ones. Okay. And I want to take special note of this idea. It's not that the different world religions touch on a piece of truth through study or through just attacking the problem of divinity by their own channels and their own ways of being and their own way of getting there. Yeah. Uh, nor is it that capital T truth is found inside of us, but it was that it was revealed and different traditions carried forth bits and pieces of it. That is, you had to receive it from one of the major traditions instead uh, of like not that that bit that they're carrying with them also degenerates as the worlds degenerate. Oh, OK. Yeah. So it's like so they know that there was a capital T truth, but what was it? Do they know what it was? You get there, and this is one of their, this is the trap, right? Because it doesn't make a lot of sense. Mm. And from what I can understand, I haven't, like, this is like a, this is a rush order of an episode. Yeah. I haven't read the sources. I've read commentary on the sources. Mm-hmm. At least not Rene Guénon. Um, I'm not a philosopher either. I'm a man who stutters into a microphone. Yeah. <laughs> They're interesting ideas, though. Yeah. It's like... If you had a painting that was the most perfect painting in the world, mm-hmm. and then it's a stained glass portrait, most p- perfect stained glass portrait, right? Uh-huh. Uh, and it breaks, and it breaks into a few different pieces. And pe- people have to take it away. Maybe it's a, maybe the whole building's fallen down. And so each five different people grab five different pieces. Right. And those five different people are the, the major religions of the world. Yeah. And then like and they carry the pieces without them through the centuries, but maybe they lose few on the way. Or it breaks again. Yeah. You know, it degenerates some. They right. can't find, it's chipped, doesn't fit. Mm-hmm. And like so eventually. Now, there's not that many pieces left. And they're... And eventually time pounds all things into dust. Yeah. Well, that's true. Yeah, it is true. Uh, <laughs> but then it starts up again. Yeah. And once it progresses through the Kali Yuga, it starts up again. Another revelation is had and it all goes from there. Um, Okay. But they have a big, as the name implies, focus on traditions. 
the hierarchies of the church. Uh-huh. I used the word theocracy earlier. Um, that's a big part of it. Right. Uh, the theocracy thing that, that it's, it, which is weird because I'm of the sort of opposite bent, which is like, oh, all the world's religions have part of the truth because they've been working towards it. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like they don't have it. They're all aimed at the right thing, but their interpretations are all flawed. Do you know what I mean? It's not that it's like, hopefully we get better over time and get closer to God over time rather than get further away through. I don't know. Yeah, Does I don't know. It's a, yes, but it's such a complex thing. We're living in the fucking past. 3,000 years of beautiful tradition from Moses to Sandy Koufax. You're goddamn right I'm living in the fucking past. Oh, my God. It's too perfect. <laughs> I know. I don't even yeah. know how I have to say it. Yeah. Goddamn right I'm living in the fucking past. Uh, <laughs> it's like, I, I want to know, like, from Bannon or from someone of the traditionalist uh, tradition, like, what was it about uh societies or cultures in the past that made them closer to the truth like what was it specifically i'd be curious for the answers i know you i don't expect you to have them but like uh, i just want to know what what was it that they were doing so much better than we're doing now dude i have a little bit on that from the the next guy we're going to talk about oh cool piece of shit yeah Um, because i'm i truly wonder you know it's not it's not going to satisfy and i might not know like I've said, like I've never read Ganon. I've never read Evola. Uh, I've read bits and pieces and right. commentary, so I should not be taken as an authority at any fucking thing. The use of the word truth is so interesting, too. That's, yeah, I mean. Because it, I don't know, it's a confusing word to use there. There is a truth revealed that seems to imply like a piece of information. But I'm not sure that that's what it refers to. That seems to be the way it's talked about. Yeah. It is talked about in that way. I mean, that's my, they do use that term, but I like, that's also my term I'm using there. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, but they do talk about truth in that way. Like, like it is truth, this, truth and knowing I feel are two different things. Like, is it a, well, they're ta- they also ta- are talking about gnosis and knowing like right because like, i can understand like oh we there was a great knowing that people received and then they forgot do you know why no one's heard of these guys because this shit is confusing i don't know it doesn't make sense yeah <laughs> yeah look, look at the people who would send like, i mean you know i look at what i look at my brain trying to wrap around it yeah like i yeah 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 no there's nothing there's nothing that much like there's deeper stuff to get like mm-hmm. you can go read this but like i don't i don't think it's worth it no yeah it's just necessary background yeah you know um but despite all that Rene Ganon was not a reactionary far-right militant so he's the first traditionalist right yeah he's not a reactionary far-right militant he's not a fucking nazi right and nothing about this these ideas really seem to point in that direction inherently either. I can see how they could be twisted in that direction, but on their face, there's nothing about it that implies that. There seems to, Ganon seems to have a, a reverence for hierarchy mm-hmm. that I, right. don't, I don't think is healthy at all. Yeah. Like, I think that idea That's why it lends itself to that. Right, exactly. But Ganon was one degree of influence. Yeah, you know, he, he wasn't one of those guys, but one degree of influence later, you get a, a feller named Julius Evola. I recognize that name. Another Caucasian, Gary. Right, dude. <laughs> Another Caucasian. Yeah, okay. Yep. 
Julius. Julius Evola. I recognize that name. Yeah, I mean, he's he was a writer. He was a philosopher. He was, he's more well-known than Rene Guénon, and he is the most miserable cunt who ever lived. Oh, excellent. This dude. Uh, have you ever seen a resting bitch face on a on a dude? Yeah. Just the worst fucking sourest. Uh-huh. He's got that, and he literally wears a monocle. Oh, my God. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So disapproving looking. Dude, he's the most disapproving looking. He's yeah. like an angry fucking falcon. Yeah. <laughs> and Evelo was an occultist and a fascist during the Second World War. Although, in 1951, he was put on trial. Uh, for allegedly trying to stoke neo neo fascist dissent in Italy, uh, hmm. he was acquitted after he argued that he was part of the much older tradition of far right jackasses from which fascism came. Oh, okay. He wasn't a fascist. Evola argued he was a super fascist. Yeah, I'm, I'm a proto fascist. Yeah, I was doing it before. It was cool. Thank you very much. Yeah, this got him off. Or oh at least wow! After making that argument, he got off. A technicality, I guess. Yeah. yeah game the system. He argued that way back, Evola argued that way back in the day, things were perfect. And then perfectly separated into a four-tier caste system. Spiritual leaders at the top. I think Evola actually, for a while, he was preaching that warriors, or writing that warriors were the, the top, and then spiritual leaders. Then merchants, then slaves. All men, okay. of course. Yeah. Women are for breeding and nothing else. Of course. What else? Yeah. Mr. Treehorn treats objects like women, man. Yep. There's a Lebowski quote for everything. There honestly is. I don't know why. And like, I'm going to use it every time I can because. Because you can. Yeah. And like, that's amazing. But so since then, the cycle of time marched on and the priests replaced at the top by the warriors. And then the warriors were replaced by the merchants. At the as running the society, right? Yeah. So the hierarchy yeah. switches up every in, now and then. In each one of the four descending ages into chaos. Yeah. And where we are now in the Kali Yuga, modernity in the philosophical historical sense, uh-huh. is n- now the slaves have replaced the merchants as the drivers of society. Oh no. Yeah. Yeah. This this meaning you know the all the degenerate. Yeah. You know. I get the subtext. It's just like, okay, yeah. Yeah. He thinks once the apocalypse happens, things will near instantly cycle back to this golden age so it can start over. Mm-hmm. What's, what's some of the subtext? <laughs> the subtext? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is like, Tell me about it. I feel like that is sort of the hierarchical bullshittery that has tones of fascistiness yeah, yeah, yeah. like oh no the people that were at the bottom now have power uh-oh they won't be able to handle it mm-hmm. like what are you implying there <sighs> you know like i don't know it's very classist as he evla wasn't implying anything yeah he would welcome the term classist he was philosophically in favor of this strict Theocracy, essentially. Uh, Mm -hmm. It was authoritarian, sexist, classist. Yeah, he believed in classism. This is a man who believed in the the right of the ruling class. Yeah. I thought that it was necessary to keep the world from spiraling into fucking chaos. That's what we're dealing with here, with Julius Evola. With the order out of chaos. Yeah, that real fucking, real militaristic shit. And like, he wasn't some like, 
Evola wasn't, he didn't think that they were the, the you know, we're keeping the real psychopaths from the fucking, from the door, right? Mm-hmm. He thought that, like, might made right in a lot of ways. And, yeah. like, that brutality should be encouraged sometimes. And that, like... For the greater good. For its own sake. Oh. Yeah. To maintain the order of the way things naturally are? Um, well, he... so. Evola advocated that differentiated individuals following the left-hand path. Remember, this dude is an occultist. He wrote a... Uh, That's right. That's right. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. yeah. He wrote uh, what was considered at time to be like the best book on like scholarly historical hermeticism. Right. Like he was a prolific author and wrote a lot that was about like occultism and shit that didn't touch into his uh-huh. fascist fucking... So I'm shit. interested on his ideas about like brutality and so, destruction and violence. He argued that like... These differentiated individuals use dark, violent sexual powers against the modern world. For Evola thought these, uh, end quote, virile heroes uh, were both generous and cruel. They possessed the ability to rule and to commit Dionysian acts that might be seen as conventionally immoral. It embodied violence. For Evola, the, Evola, the left-hand path of magic embodied violence as a means of transgression. Mm-hmm. So that is like, that to me is accelerationism. That's like this, what we are in now, the Kali Yuga modernity yeah. is wrong in order for it to accelerate into the next step. Yeah. We need, we to, need to end this thing so we can so start over. So we need over. to speed it up. Yeah. Acceleration. Let's get. <laughs> yeah, you, yeah. Do you remember the Boogaloo Boys? Yeah. That's a classic example of accelerationists. Mm-hmm. You know, they really just want to make the thing happen. Yeah. Um, it's incredibly dangerous. It's reactionary. It's fucking reactionary accelerationism with a fucking occult paint job is essentially traditionalism as soon as Evola gets its hands on it. He also wasn't like a hyper Christian. He embraced like a a sort of pagan fucking pagan Reich or whatever. Mm. Um, Yeah. Did I mention he's a fucking piece of shit? (laughs) I don't know. You might have. Now let's talk about his racism. Okay. So Julius Evola thought that, you know, he didn't agree with the Nazis and the fascists' uh, racism. Oh. Didn't agree with it at all. Uh, you know why? Why? Well, he thought that they were a good start, but they were focusing far too much on biological racism without ignoring the extremely pressing issue of spiritual racism. And what does the fuck does that mean? Ah, well, see, the thing is, you know, the Jews run everything, right? Of course. Yes, yeah. I know we do. Yeah. So, you know, by virtue of ruling everything, you, you have this current of thought, right? This mm-hmm. sort of racial current of, of information yeah, that can ripple out and affect things around you. And like, oh, like my human energy fields. Well, not even that. It's just that, you know, someone who is not biologically Jewish yeah. could end up subscribing to the Jewish current of thought. Yeah. Yeah. Uh-oh. Right. You come off it, Walter. You're not even fucking Jewish, man. What the fuck are you talking man, about? You're fucking Polish Catholic. What the fuck are you talking about? I converted when I married Cynthia. Yeah. Come on, dude. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's amazing. It's incredible. Um, but Evelyn literally argued that a pure-blooded Aryan could be spiritually Jewish. Yeah, and? Well, that means that they're not uh, real Aryans. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. All I've right. actually seen this in some fucking weird fringes. 
The idea yeah, of like how many converted Jews are there? It's even, not about really? conversion. Yeah. It's about being plagued by the Mayan virus of the Jews. Oh. Yeah. So is, is it like even anyone that's just okay with Judaism? It's anyone you fucking want it to be. Because Jude, Jews, Judaism to Evola represent not Judaism, the biological tradition. It represents modernity, the rule of currency, the rule of finances, everything oh. wrong with modernity during the so Second World War. So anybody can be a Jew? Anybody who doesn't like a fucking Jew. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's, Got it. It's literally it. Wow. Brilliant. Yeah. Some real mind games there. Yeah. It's, in, it's, it's, it's incredible. Um, wow. Does that make you a Jew, Sequoia? He probably wouldn't like you. I'm sure these fucking assholes think I'm a Jew. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not. They don't like the Catholics either. Yeah. Irish and Italian. Definitely don't like the Indians. Mm-hmm. I think they like the Dutch. I think they like the Dutch. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you're probably good there. I could pass as full Dutch, I think. Mm-hmm. I'm not. Oh, he was a poet? Oh, I want to see his mm. paintings. Let's see. Oh, they're interesting. Yeah? Yeah. Huh. Uh, he did, like, experiment with psychedelics and shit. Um, yeah, I can kind of see that in the paintings. Which is... Which sucks. Because... I was sort of under the delusion that psychedelics could cure Nazis. Yeah, like, I I don't know. It doesn't suck. It doesn't suck. It doesn't They're cool suck. enough. Yeah. Like, if I didn't know it was made by him, I'd be like, that's cool. Yeah. No, honestly, like, I've seen a lot of... I was ex- I've was i seen a lot of dudes like Evolu try painting before, and, like, I was expecting it to suck a lot worse. No, it I reminds me it of, like, Salvia Universe. Very much, but I don't know. He's pretty good. Like, I kind of like it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, credit right. where credit's due, I guess. But now we're going to shit talk him, so. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, I just like, you know, like you should have stuck with that. He should have. He really yeah. should have just stuck with the painting and the and the poetry and the magic-y and just, oh, but he couldn't help himself. He had to hate Jews. <sighs> so, what are some other things fucking Evelyn thought? Um... Aryans are magic and come from the North Pole. Oh. All sorts of horseshit about oh, hy- yeah. Hyperborea, Hyperborea. I was going to say. Oh, yeah. yeah. We're Hyperborean. Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah Hyperborean ba- boogie. Bannon loves the Hyperborean boogie. They all love the Hyperborean boogie. He, you know how you were talking about, like, knowing versus truth? Yes. And Okay, so, <sighs> Evola talked about this beyond rational intellectual intuition. Uh... He thought that like divine intuition was more valuable than discursive knowledge huh. and reason and logic, pure knowing and shit, right? Mm-hmm. In his view, uh, discursive knowledge was what separated man from capital B being. Right. Right. Can mean it. whatever the fuck he wanted to mean. I get it. I do too. But I'm also aware that like those are a bunch of words that like I can make them mean whatever the fuck I want them to mean. It's true. You know, in order to explain what I mean, I have to make up my own argument. In order to explain what it means is like uh, antithetical to what it means, because it's about something that goes beyond words and beyond meaning. Yeah. And, you know, he wrote uh, the truths that allow us to understand the world of capital T tradition are not those that can be learned or discussed. They either are or are not. We can only remember them. 
And that happens when we are freed from the, from the obstacles represented by various human constructions. Chief among these are the results and methods of the authorized researchers and have awakened the capacity to see from the non-human viewpoint, which is the same as the capital T traditional viewpoint. Traditional truths have always been held to be essentially non-human. Mm. Okay. I, okay. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. I don't know what that means. So, like, why are we even doing this all then? If it's like a thing that, oh, we, we can never know it and it's unknowable and it's out of the human realm, then okay. All right, then that's it then. Remember how I talked about these dudes ha having this weird reverence for hierarchy? Yeah. And received knowledge? Yeah. Isn't that antithetical to this? Very. Right. Yeah. Incredibly. Yeah. It doesn't make any sense whatsoever no right <laughs> now you see why this is so hard yeah it's as soon as you like pretzel. you try to argue about something do you try to argue a point they make and you realize that's a smokescreen mm -hmm. it's it's not there yeah because we're de well it says it's a non-human thing sure and these are when i say these dudes are wizards i mean they're occultists which means they're whatever they're doing they're playing a game that you're not privy to mm. right it's mm -hmm. what they're well aware of the power of words to make things happen. Yeah. Just like people like Guy and Edna, Guy and Edna Ballard, um, a lot of times they're using words to just make people do things. Yes. To get people in certain places and to join certain causes and shit. To lock certain beliefs into their heads. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, like, despite believing in this ineffable internal truth that can only be remembered, yeah, he, he just thought that the uh, things were inherently ordered. Uh, that there were, you know, two natures uh, to the world: the the spiritual world and the 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 natural world here, and the world of being, capital B being the yeah. spirit. You know, it's okay. just it's just that again. Um, and like he kind of had this idea of spiritual virility. Ooh, yeah, which is being or you know focused on the spiritual side of life. Okay, right. Um, and he thought that like his whole way of government that he advocated was that the state should reflect. The state should be organized in order to um, focus humanity towards that end. Spiritual. Virility. Yeah. Well, it's, very it's, similar to um, John knows. That's yes. kind of the goal of the Oneida community. Yeah. Too. Well, th but this, uh, you know, this wanted to replicate the the ordering of uh, the ordering from above and the the consequential hierarchical differentiation of individuals mm -hmm. according to their end quote organic preformation so where they belong words, oh, yeah a lot, a lot of three, of three letter or three dollar words yeah fucking putting people into it's a caste system yeah for the greater glory of god yeah except he doesn't like the fucking christians gods he uh also wrote a book called pagan imperialism ah yeah yeah and that's kind of where his like aesthetic was orient orientated oriented? oriented oriented towards yeah it's the pagan shit old Roman paganism and shit. And so as far as gender equality goes, uh, I'm not hopeful. I'm not hopeful here. He thought that, uh, just relations with, between the sexes, uh, I mean like as in justice mm -hmm. relied upon women, acknowledging their inferiority to men huh. relied upon it. Uh, he wrote an article called woman as thing. <laughs> <laughs> 1925. Wow. Mm. Just beautiful. Gorgeous. Oh. 
Good job, yeah. Mr. Avila. Yeah, yeah, it's wonderful. It's Mr. Treehorn treats objects like women, man. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Evola quoted a uh, Joseph de Maestre's statement that women cannot be superior except as women, but from the moment in which she desires to emulate man, she is nothing but a monkey. Yeah. So know your know your place. Know Don't your aspire place. to be like a man. Don't you're, try to do man things. You're as useless as a fucking monkey if you try to do man things. Don't try. Don't try to do man things. Just pump out babies. He thought feminism was, in quote, the renunciation by women of a, of her right to be a woman, and that uh, she could, end quote, traditionally participate in the sacred hierarchical order only in a mediated fashion through her relationship with a man. Uh, gotcha. Yeah. Gotcha. Yep. You need a John Nose in your life to act as your mediator between you and the Holy Spirit and God. Yep. You need a man. For the, in quote, pure feminine woman, man is not perceived by her as a mere husband or lover, but as her Lord. Okay. Well, this isn't too uncommon yep. of thinking. Does the female form make you uncomfortable, Mr. Lebowski? <laughs> but yeah, so basically, Evelyn was looking for the worst of the imperial God King 4chan ass patriarchal po- fucking power fantasy. Anyway, he's dead as fuck, too. Uh, but in 19- thank God for that. But there's better. Uh, he didn't like he did die of old age and shit. But there's a little bit better justice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, in 1945, dude was in Rome and he used to walk around the streets while Italian cities were being bombed. Yeah. He would just walk around while the bombings were going on. Uh, you know, he has the spirit on his side. It was to better contemplate his own existence. That's one way Get to do it. Closer to you know the edge, right? One day, a bomb went off a little. Too close to Julius, and shrapnel severed his spine, leaving him ah. without control of his body from the waist down for the rest of his life. And he lived a very long time after that. Wow. Yep. I can look back on a life of achievement, challenges met, competitors bested, obstacles overcome. I've accomplished more than most men. And without the use of my legs. Wow. <laughs> Holy shit. When I found like, that one last night, I was just laughing so hard for so long. Every time I thought about it, I don't know why. Yeah. It tickles me so good. <laughs> <laughs> I bet that really made him contemplate life. He only got meaner after that. I bet. Oh, fuck shit. you. Play stupid games, win stupid prizes, get fucked. Mm. We spent so long on him because he's a key influence on the various neo-reactionary accelerationist far-right groups and thinkers, including our three stooges. Yeah. Um, noted piece of shit, Richard Spencer, who the neo-Nazi who coined the term alt-right, mm-hmm. said it was a great victory to hear Steve Bannon reference the works of Julius Evola. Wow. So, you know, now we're back yep. in the context of the present. Like, that dude is right here. Yeah. Right? He's major influence. Yeah. So, Got it. Yeah. Yeah. Didn't know a goddamn thing about him. Me neither until I did. And I was like, I need to yell about this to people. This is bad. I don't like this. So traditionalism is essentially anti-modern, anti-liberal in the capital L sense. What Jack Parsons was so hyped about. Liberalism, the rights of man, all this shit. Yeah. Liberalism, capital L, does not refer to the political, politically liberal in America. Right. It's not Not, that. that It refers to... The collective group of values that most people in the West, whether on the political left or right, would agree with. Democracy, self-determination, individual rights. We like liberty. Liberty and justice for all people. Self-determination is a big big part of it. Freedom and liberty. Yeah. Yeah. Human rights is a big part of it. Mm -hmm. Something which Dugan specifically argues against. Another way. Fuck them human rights. Literally. 
It's it's what it's a Western construct that Russia wants no part of. Yeah. yeah. We're getting we're getting to him. Another way to describe traditionalism is to say that it wants theocracy for theocracy's sake, rather than for the sake of the merits of the ruling theology. Mm-hmm. Remember, the capital T truth is something that has to be intuited rather than learned. But you also have to be part of one of these real religions or something. It's extremely something like that. Um, Fall in line. Of the Stooges left standing, Bannon is the softer, for sure. Uh, in War for Eternity, Bannon defines his idea of a caste system uh, uh, in which there is separation between the caste, but there exists upward mobility within the caste, whether you're a priest, a warrior, a merchant, or I guess a worker, because you'd probably yeah. retire in the word slave. Um, so the lines separating the caste people run vertically rather than horizontally, separating people into lanes rather than layers on a pyramid. Right. So you can switch lanes. Yeah. Perhaps. You cannot switch lanes. Oh. You're stuck, but you have upward mobility in the... In the lane right. that you're yeah, in? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Got it. It's four... Maybe it's four separate pyramids is a better way to think about it. <laughs> Something like that. No, I like the lanes. Yeah. Well, Ganon and Evola detested theosophy, which makes me feel all sorts of conflicted. How are you talking about Aryans from the North Pole? I don't... And don't like theosophy? Because theirs comes from the tradition Oh, right. Right. She just got that truth from the, it's the wrong version of the truth, but it comes from the truth, but it's not the right one because it's not from the major religions. Oh, she's a woman. Oh yeah. That too. Yeah. That wasn't what they wrote, but like. But yeah. 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 Cause they're doing the same thing. Yes. Evola is literally doing the same fucking thing. Right. He's just a brutalist about it. Yeah. Right. Like. He's just fucking, he's not love and light. He's fucking fire and darkness, mm-hmm. right? Uh, I do want to read Ganon's book, uh, Theosophy, History of a Pseudo-Religion, because he was like contracted to write yeah. a takedown of theosophy. Okay, I'd be interested to read that, I, though. I'm, I'm trying I'd be to very it. interested. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, just like the theosophists, these dudes also have a weird fetish for Hinduism, too. And I use the word Hinduism rather than the Hindu traditions which is what I usually say because there's a bunch of different Hindu religions. Like Hin- Hinduism is not a monolith. Yeah. There are a bunch of religions up in there, but these guys always use Hinduism. So that's what I'm using for this paragraph Yeah, to illustrate that. Yep. Um, they have a weird fetish for it. They see Hinduism as the brightest burning flame of what remains as of the true Aryan philosophy. That is so fascinating. Isn't it? It also puts India's current support of Russia in a little bit of a different context. Yeah. There is a long history of seeing, like, the birth of Aryan society in India. And remember the caste system and shit. And also remember, these guys are literally coming out of the same period as Blavatsky with the Occidental infatuation with that. Yeah. Right? It's literally the same thing. Like, I'm almost falling into the trap again of trying to, like, take them seriously instead of just, you know what I mean? Right. Yeah. Um, But it does definitely put Russia and India's ties in a different, a bit of a different way. It surely way. does. Um, and speaking of Russia, brings us to the man of the hour. God, the I was reason. wondering yeah. when. Well, I've been putting it off. Oh, I'm excited. Uh, the whole reason I decided teach to do me. this topic. Oh, teacher. And why I hate myself. Seriously. Alexander Dugan. Dugan is fucking slippery. Slippery fish? Slippery eel. He's an eel. Yeah. A little mostly bald, long-haired eel. <laughs> yeah. He's hard to talk about because the philosophy this dude expounds is not the worldview he actually has. Although recently he's been a little more open about it. Hmm. He's one of these fucks who says what he says for an unknown purpose. He, like the other traditionalists, 
changes the definition of words, relies on this idea of received perennial truth, all while holding this truth is relative bullshit trap card up his sleeve. God. In fact, a lot of people have argued that you can't even refer to Dugan as a traditionalist. It's just one of the many philosophies he's used to wrap himself in. Yeah. Because it's true. He does contradict everything all of the fucking time. Well. He is a... So I realize I'm painting this loser as a fucking Disney villain boogeyman. Yeah, Dugan? Yeah. Yeah, you're also making him sound like lame too, though. But yes, but I want to be clear that like we we don't know exactly how influential Dugan is in the immediate. Mm-hmm. You know that he was a professor at Moscow State University until he got weirdly removed, and he's also you know part of part of the inner party. I forget what the hell it's called. That uh, like the party within the political party of the uh, yeah. I wouldn't know. But like, he's definitely symptomatic, if nothing else, and. The reason I'm painting him as a Disney villain is because, like, I hate this man. Yeah. I really hate this dude. And it's not like he's not influential in his own way, objectively. Like, Richard Spencer, who we mentioned earlier, mm-hmm. the, the fucking Nazi. Yeah. Uh, Mr. Uh, Hail Trump, hail our people with his fucking hand in the air. It's literally a thing he did. His wife has translated a ton of Dugan's books, and Dugan has published on uh, their website a bunch. No shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they're like... Yeah, so they're buddies. Yeah, yeah. Nina Byzantina, I believe her name is. That's a, that's a great name. It's a fucking amazing name. It's really good. Yeah. She, I mean, she's awful, but... Yeah. <laughs> but she's got a great name. Yeah. I was so impressed when I read that. Like, I think it's... Even if it's not the, the main important thing, it's the nonsense bizarre thing. It's the thing we're going to tell you about. It's the, yeah. it's the thing in our yeah, wheelhouse. you're not here for news. <laughs> yeah, you're here for fucking Russian wizards. You think, yeah. they're, think they're more important than they actually are. Mm-hmm. But in reality, they're just surfing a wave that's been building for a you're long time. You're here to peek behind the curtain. Well, Dugan's book, Foundations of Geopolitics, is uh, part of... It, it's been used as a textbook in the Academy of the General Staff of the Russian military. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah. so that's pretty... That counts for <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, he's, I, he's honest. Yeah, so he he's... He's absolutely in, influential. Yeah, yeah, real deal. Real deal. Very much real deal. He is a known quantity, uh, and his books have been read by many people, making many decisions. So yeah, that was just a little bait and switch. Yeah, he's actually a fucking bastard. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. So one thing to it's very important to understand is that over the last decade or so, Vladimir Putin's support by the Russian oligarchs, those named Russian oligarchs, um, you always hear about the Russian oligarchs. Whoever they may be. They're the dudes who had money or connections after the Soviet Union fell and were able to rebuild the fucking place, right? Mm -hmm. That's kind of why they're referred to as the oligarchs and the oligarchs running America aren't because there was a group of businessmen that like very specifically wrenched Russia, the Russian Federation out of the state it found itself in Mm. after the collapse of the Soviet Union. Mm -hmm. That's why they're specifically referred to. Yeah. You know, they're, they're. More of a group than the ones here are. Mm-hmm. Um, well, Putin's support from the Russian oligarchs, historically, like that's been the guys propping him up. That's been fading over the last decade or so. And so Putin has been turning more and more to the other uh, group of organized criminals in the country, the Russian Orthodox Church. Oh. Yeah. Excellent. Excellent choice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Russia in the last like decade or so um, has been getting more and more theocratic and shit. Mm-hmm. Like the church in Russia has a huge pull. I mean, for example, Russia passed a law in 2017 with the support of the Russian Orthodox Church decriminalizing domestic violence 
as long as no one gets killed. Okay. Yeah. Um, what the fuck? Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. Church, nobody yeah. likes that. Yeah. And like, you know, we like, we've seen, uh, the, the fucking anti-gay crackdowns and shit and mm-hmm. like, but it's a real thing. Yeah. And it comes from a fucking pretty long tradition. Right. It's not good. No, it's pretty scary. <laughs> yeah. It's pretty fucking scary. I mean, well, all I can say is... This guy's gonna hurt us, Walter? No, Donnie. These men are cowards. <laughs> mm-hmm. Anyway, Alexander Dugan wants to ban the internet. He thinks technology is evil. Okay. He wants to return to a caste-based feudal system. And he thinks we won't return to the Golden Age until the apocalypse happens. Oh. And also... He's got a lot of ideas. America represents everything that is wrong with modernity. Huh. America is Babylon. To Dugan, the U.S. and all its people are loathsome, pathetic creatures with no mythology and no tradition save the worship of money. The worship of superficiality. I I can see it, but also... ah. I mean, hold that thought, because, like, I think this is perhaps the one argument these guys have that is worth looking (laughs) at. Exploring. Yeah, so save that thought uh, towards later on. Um, and it's important to look at what evils exactly Dugan thinks are being exported by the West. Uh, mm-hmm. you know, he, he broad strokes, he thinks that post-World War II, America became this monopolar ruling center of the world. Mm-hmm. Europe, Atlanticism, he calls it. And it's true. It is true. Yeah. America and the West, America, broadly speaking, is the superpower. Yeah, we definitely have a global hegemony. Yeah, China's sure. made a run for it. They're not there yet. They're very close. They're like yeah. days away. Russia was pretending to be, but it turns out they're just... <laughs> <laughs> no, no. But yeah, and, and so Dugan wants a... What he says, ostensibly, at least, is a multipolar world where everyone's free to be themselves. Right. Sounds nice a little That's bit. That's exactly what it sounds yeah. like he wants. And so as this this multipolar or this unipolar world where America runs everything, the new world order, mm-hmm. these are the evils that Dukin thinks are being exported by America. Capitalism. Yeah, of course. Democracy. Yeah, of course. Parliament. Human rights, specifically named human rights. I think he calls that idea laughable at a certain point. Mm-hmm. Um, network technologies, gender politics, uh, the homosexual agenda, et cetera, et cetera. Et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. He's the, got a lot of problems. The very idea of trans people at all, mm-hmm. shit like that, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah he doesn't like a lot of he's things. He's not ready for change. He's just not, not ready for the modern world. You're goddamn right I'm living in the fucking past. Yep. Yeah, he is, though. Yeah. He literally wants to ban technology and, like, re- literally return to a feudal era. At least that's what he says sometimes. Yeah. But I'm falling into the trap again. Uh-huh. Yeah. Because what if he's just saying that? He's just... He is, though. He's just saying it. He's just saying shit. Yeah. And some of the shit that he's latched onto, I guess, in support of these modern goals is like, you know, the strong current of thought in Russia, Ivan Ilyin, as the Russian philosopher, like, is the, the guy who's behind this this idea. Him and other others on Putin's uh, philosophy reading list that I guess you get when you join the military or something. Yeah. Yeah. It's this idea that Russia, or rather what's known as Eurasia, is a people with their own non-Eastern, non-Western identity. A unique identity that's not East or West. That's not China. That's not Western Europe. Mm-hmm. Right? Say China or England. Yeah. Um, 
that they are naturally this organic Slavic empire, despite what the other countries might think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's like if the Civil War happened and the Confederacy split off, but then after that, like, like they split off into a big chunk. Maybe it's like Texas and like yeah. all the flat places. And they're like, America needs to be together. We need to be unified. Yeah. So it's our right to take back the rest of America. Meanwhile, like Boston's sitting up there with flying cars and shit. And like, right. It's like, no, no. I don't care that you're wearing you. a cowboy hat. I don't give yeah. a fuck. Like shit happens. <laughs> also, you remember- can stay there and do that if you want. No one's stopping you, but please do not try to impose your lifestyle changes on me. And especially when like, you know, after Stalin fucking literally intentionally starved three million Ukrainians. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like... If Massachusetts did that to me, I'd never want to see him again. Right. (laughs) Fuck you, state of Massachusetts. We might once have been fucking Yankees together, but not no more. Yeah. We're fucking done. Like, (laughs) yeah. Because there's a whole thing with, uh, you know, Kiev being the first, like, the first city of the Slavic Empire, of the Slavic civilization. Uh Like, it is, for sure. Like, it was the first city. So they see it as, like, a holy city and shit. But, like, you also starved all those people. Yeah. Fuck you. You know, mm-hmm. you know, that's that's why they're so angry and shit. It's actually not that it's not that complicated. It's not that deep. Bro. Yeah. So Dugan started the Eurasian Union, the Neo-Eurasian movement. You ever notice that like political clubs and shit just have the worst names? Mm. Yeah. Yeah. He, fr- he founded the National Bolshevik Party. Alexander Dugan did the National Bolshevik Front and the Eurasia Party. A big part of the Neo-Eurasian movement. All right. So he's he's in uh, he's up in all that. In 1980, when he was like 18 uh, and the Soviets were still running the place, he was dressing up like a Nazi and like gave himself a fake German name. And he was totally opposed to Stalinism and communism. Yeah. And it was part of this group, uh, this like occultist club. The fake German name he gave him gave himself was Hans Siever, which is a reference to Wolfram Sievers, a Nazi researcher of the paranormal. Clever. He was an occultist. Yeah. Like he was literally a fucking spun. Uh, oppositionally names. defiant uh punk rocker probably an incel occultist yeah like a great many he's one of these guys right he's one of the boys he's, he's just one of those fucking dudes later on he would fucking decide he loved stalinism oh. instead a little flip-flop there yeah well you know later on he thought that both of those were getting close to the truth but not quite mm-hmm. you know the same shit that evola was doing with the nazis like yeah it's just, again, that's why it's so hard because, yeah, you know. Slippery eel. It's really hard to get through Dugan's Russian accent. So here's a clip of Canadian philosopher. And again, I use the term very loosely. And Dugan psychophant Michael Millerman, who looks, again, like every dude who's turned to violence after the hot girl won't fuck him. <laughs> uh, here he is explaining Dugan's worldview. I want to see his haircut. Dude, he looks, he's awful. And he says, we're a, we're a thousand year old civilization with our religious traditions and our holy sites and our deep um, civilizational code. And we're not going to let the West dictate to us how we need to interpret our own uh, history or our own present and certainly not our future. So is Dugan actually opposed to the idea of Western liberal democracy? Dugan is very much opposed to the idea of Western liberal democracy. Um, on one hand, because it tries to export itself as universal to the rest of the world. It tries, to, it tries to make everybody like itself, and it does so oftentimes really rather um, violently and not very delicately. And he's also opposed to it on philosophical and religious and, and other grounds as well. 
Well, let's pluck one issue out of the headlines, which uh, <coughs> certainly was a big deal during the Sochi Olympics as well. Uh, gay rights. Yeah, it's a good issue to pluck. That? Let's hear about yeah. it. Well, Dugan would say that the way it's currently used, the issue of homosexual rights, homosexual marriage, is really often part of a ideological propaganda war that the West wages on traditional societies. That's one way that Dugan would see it. So it's never just an issue by itself. It always belongs to this larger set of issues. And Dugan would say, look, if you want to order your marital relations in that way, if you want to understand sexual identity in that way, you're welcome to do so. But you shouldn't go around dictating to the rest of the world because they may think of marriage in completely different terms. They may think of sexual identity in completely different terms. And we have to respect those deep cultural differences. We have to respect. So Dugan, he's not for you know, violence against gays in Russia. Not, not, no, not homophobic. Not, no, he's not homophobic. He's not homophobic. It's nothing like that. It's that. I think you know, you've heard enough, haven't you? You know, America's always going to other countries and forcing them to be gay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, I, the gay brigade. Right. It's coming in. Pink parachutes. Let's go. Yeah. That'd be, that'd be, CIA boys, you listen, like, that'd be some good psychological warfare. Yes. Pink parachutes, nationalist chaps. Although so fucking there's there's conspiracy theories on our ground that like, you know, the gay liberal agenda is turning the kids trans and gay. And isn't that interesting? Like it's a psyop, you know, that's why there's so many more people that are out now than ever before is because yeah. of the psyop. It's like, mm, maybe it's just more OK to be open and out, especially after 2012. I, I feel yeah, like, <laughs> no, nah, it's Curious. a PSYOP. Could it be that the real PSYOP was uh, Russian intelligence agencies manipulating the internet through, also with the help of people like Steve Bannon, who is the CEO of Cambridge Analytica, yeah. uh, Good. to force public opinion and make them think there's a homosexual agenda because it's a convenient enemy. Right. Yeah. It's a convenient enemy that doesn't really exist, but like gay no. people exist. So if you want to make them the enemy, then I guess you can do that. It's kind of an arbitrary, weird enemy to choose, but go ahead. I but guess. it used to be better. Yeah. You know, it's an, it's an old school enemy. Yeah. They realize that trans people are a way better enemy. <laughs> yeah, it's because they're less a new victim. Yeah, my question with that is though, what about the gay Russians? What about them? This fucker couches this argument in this like we're just trying to be ourselves, speak our truth. Yeah. What right. about the fucking gay Russians who don't want to be fucking arrested? Like, uh, what about the people in your country who are trying to live it? Why is your experience of being Russian? Why is that more true than their experience of being Russian? Right. Right? Yeah. The whole fucking thing falls apart right there. Yeah. There are gay Russians. They're just as fucking Russian as you. Oh, it's not part of his like, tradition. Right. Yeah. Right. Exactly. And that's what it fucking comes down to. Mm-hmm. Right? Like, I'm that... Shit, that's what I wrote in the script. I'm literally right here. <laughs> <laughs> I realized this halfway through working on this episode. You can't argue against these guys because they're not arguing anything. Yeah. They're trying to make things happen. They're trying to get people to join them. They're expressing their own rage and using $3 words. Right. Because words and logic are weapons. Mm -hmm. You can just say shit. And if pe people can just hear it and they can just fucking say, ah, I said the words I like. Oh, yeah. This will work. This totally yeah. works. I can hear why this would work. The fucking. Doesn't work on me. Right. Well, because I'm a, you know. I know how it works. Also, because I'm gay. Right. So I'm <laughs> I'm like, oh, okay. I'm just totally immune to that. And I'm a fucking weirdo. Like, and 
I have f- fucking a lot of gay friends and they're good people. Yeah. Like, especially, yeah, you know, uh, <laughs> yeah. that's part of the story, man. Mm-hmm. That is the tradition. Right. The tradition is what we're living through. Yeah. We're making the fucking thing happen right here. Just denying people's lived experiences. It's denying them the right to have experiences that fucking matter. Right. Like you're not a part of our culture. It's perennially in this fucking only the people that came before mattered. Yeah. Who the fuck were they? Right. What? Like which even, people? Which people? Yeah. This idea of this <laughs> nebulous fucking wonderful tree. It's just it. I'm doing it. I'm literally doing it again. I know you're falling into the trap. I'm literally doing it again. It's he's hard not just to. an asshole. Yeah. He's just an asshole. Just yeah. a big asshole. Uh, yeah, concept of objective truth doesn't exist for these people. And um, don't take my word for it. Here's Dugan literally saying that. Well, everything is relative. And we need, we in Russia, we could use postmodernity in order to explain to the West that if any truth is re- re- relative, so we have our special Russian truth that you need to accept as something that maybe is not your truth. Even if it's not true. But if the truth is relative, yeah. it, that doesn't mean that the truth doesn't exist. Yeah. That means <laughs> that absolute truth, Airtight one argument. for all, uh, doesn't exist. Let's take an example. If you, if you watch Russian television today, um, you'd think that uh, Russia and America were about to go to war. Yes, but the same if we if we are examining examining if we are reading American press, yeah. we have the same impression. Not really. I've just come back from America. <laughs> you yeah. don't really get that. This impression. is like 2015. Postmodernism um, teaches us to understand or sociology. I'm sociologue as well. And what is total fact uh, according to Durkheim? Total fact. Total fact, the, the founder of sociology, Emil Durkheim, 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 <laughs> affirmed that total fact, it is the fact the society believes in. So if enough people believe it, it'll become true? No, no, the truth is the question of belief. And postmodernity shows that every so called truth is the matter of believing. So we believe. In what we do, we believe in uh, what we say, and that is the only way to define the truth. The truth is the matter of belief, yeah. and that is yeah. Listening to him talk is so annoying. It fucking sucks. Like, I'm, yeah. yeah. So basically, what he's saying is like, you can't argue with me about what the truth is because right. I decide what the truth There's is. No, there is no truth. You, the, he's arguing about the definition of the word fact. Literally, yeah. the semantics of the word fact. Right. And and the idea that, well, a f- the way a fact operates in the world necessarily relies upon belief. So it's not like if you believe it hard enough, things become true. It's that there is no, you've got, you've got the hierarchy of those things mixed up. Right. Right. Truth isn't the most important thing in that hierarchy. It's yeah. just, a, it's a, it's a fact is an emergent quality rather than an inherent one. Yeah. It's also, I do agree that certain quote unquote facts are just predominant ideologies that are agreed upon by the majority of people within a society. Sure. Like the idea that there are two genders. Well, there's plenty of other countries where you're, there are more than one. Because you're falling into the trap again. Right. Remember how he's a traditionalist? Yeah. 
kind of flies in the face of everything he just fucking said, right? Yeah, I know. Yeah. I know. Yeah. But it's not even worth core, arguing with. Yeah. yeah. No, I'm not but arguing. I, I'm saying he's right. I'm actually saying that he's correct in oh that God, statement. Oh, God, she's been compromised. No, but like, <laughs> I, I mean, in a but, way, I agree. You know, there's certain things that are facts in our country. Like most people would say it's a fact that there are two genders, there's oh. male and female. But if you go to a different country. Oh, dog, dog, dog. No, that's later, different facts. So later on in that video, he takes it to a place where like the, the interviewer asks like, so if Russian planes f- flew over uh, Donbass and bombed civilians, mm-hmm. that would be a fact, right? And Dugan goes, well, that would be a fact in America. In Russia, it would be a fact that those are actually American planes. He literally fucking says it. Yeah. And like, that's right. That's not true. That's not a fact. Like, yeah. Yeah. And he won't back down from that either. Right. It's weird. It's really, really weird. It is weird. But it also speaks to a certain truth, which is that um, history and events can get painted differently in different regions. That is true. And people will believe it like it's fact. You know, there's in, in different parts of the country. Think about the Civil War a whole different way. Well, yo, how many times have we seen the danger of literalizing things that should be metaphors? Yeah. Right. Like that's that's a big fucking part of pathologized belief is literalizing metaphors. And I mm-hmm. feel like that's kind of what he, he's doing with that. Yeah. The idea of relative truth. Like it's that that's also <laughs> he's kind of a metaphor. really literal. Right. Yeah. But again, does he believe it? I don't know. Like, I don't know what's going on behind mm-hmm. those fuck behind behind that fucking hairline. Yeah. Yeah. He's also oh. saying something that I do think is kind of uncomfortably true, which is that a lot of people believe false things and take it as a hundred percent truth because they can. I sort of think he's arguing for the morality of capitalizing on that. Yeah. I mean, yo, so my big problem with the traditionalists. Broadly defined, yeah. I use cap, is that I, when it comes to their critiques of modernity, uh huh. By and large, I think their critiques are correct. Yeah, it's the solutions that are completely fucked up, right? And the and where they put the blame, right? Mm-hmm. Where they identify the causes and where they identify the solutions. Yeah, they're looking at everything through the eyes of fear, as like Bill Hicks would say, uh huh, about how you need to control and shit. Mm-hmm. Whereas mm-hmm. the eyes of love, you know, say you should guide. And have things happen organically. Yeah. Am I wrong? You're not wrong, Walter. You're just an asshole. Okay, then. It's a difference in interpretation of uh, the cloud upon the the cloud upon the hill, city upon the cloud, the cloud upon cloud the upon city. a sanctuary, cloud upon a sanctuary, uh, the cloud upon a sanctuary. The difference in interpretations between Arthur Edward Waite and the Ballards, for example. Yeah. Arthur Waite took it in this organic, like one day we'll all naturally grow to be perfect and have the perfectly functioning society just organically because that's where we're yeah. going versus having to fucking confine people into it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, but that's not even what Dugan believes. <laughs> now, and there's this book that Dugan wrote called Foundations of Geopolitics, which I mentioned earlier. Yes, you did. Yeah. So, this book had a big influence, and uh, on the Wikipedia page, it lays it out like, I don't know if it's been translated into English, mm-hmm. uh, but you know, it, there's a big list of all the points it makes of all, foundation of geopolitics, it's, he's writing what Russia should do. 
what yeah. should make happen geopolitically, right? I'm, I'm going to read some of these and just follow. Okay, yeah, so please. Th- this was please. published in 1997. Mm-hmm. I skip a bunch. I'm going to read some. So, all right, in Europe, Germany should be offered the de facto political dominance over most Protestant and Catholic states located within Central and Eastern Europe. Kalingrad could be given back to Germany. The book uses the term Moscow Berlin Axis. Remember, this was written in uh, 1997, right? Yeah. If you look at Europe now, like Germany is the de facto leader of the European Union. Yeah. For sure. You know, and they're also the last to get on board with condemning Russia this time around. Uh huh. It's interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, France should be encouraged to form a bloc with Germany as they both have a, end quote, firm anti Atlanticist tradition. Atlanticist meaning US, native. Europe. Yeah. Mostly the US. Right. And if you recall from recently, France and Germany were the ones arguing on, like, speaking on behalf of. Now, is this set up or is this just naturally and Dugan, you know, called the things that was already going to happen? A little bit from column A, a little bit from column B, I'll say. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, going down, we see uh, Ukraine. Ukraine should be annexed by Russia because, and quote, Ukraine is a state that has no geopolitical meaning, no particular cultural import or universal significance, no geographic uniqueness, no ethnic exclusiveness. Its certain territorial ambitions represent an enormous danger for all of Eurasia, and without resolving the Ukrainian problem, it is in general it is in general senseless to speak about continental politics. Ukraine should not be allowed to remain independent. Uh, you know, yeah, which is some of the arguments you saw Putin using. Mm-hmm. Again, whether it's the cause or he's really a symptom, like Dugan does represent these ideas, they just don't think they should exist. Now that's just ninety-seven again. Goes on to talk about the you know Near East, Georgia, and Azerbaijan. A lot of things that didn't come true. Because of course not. The dude wasn't fucking trying to be Nostradamus. He was trying to lay yeah. some guidelines, right? But then we come down to uh, the United States, and I think that this is where it gets really interesting. Right. I want to know what Dugan thinks. Okay. Should so happen in 1997. This is what he thought. Well, first, the book emphasized that Russia must spread anti-Americanism everywhere. Try to make the main scapegoat of everything just the U.S. Right. Mm-hmm. And then in the United States, Russia should use special mm-hmm. services within the borders within the borders of the United States to fuel instability and separatism. For instance, provoke Afro-American racists. Russia should introduce geopolitical disorder into internal American activity, actively encouraging all kinds of separatism and ethnic, social, and racial conflicts. Mm. Actively supporting all dissident movements, yeah. extremist, racist, and sectarian groups thus destabilizing internal political processes. Yeah, Russia, I don't know how much we really need your help on that, but thank you for it would, contributing. It would also make sense simultaneously to support isolationist tendencies in American politics. Yeah. Well, here's the thing. we I think we did need their help. You know, Steve, like, when did this, the particular cartoon world fracturing of America start happening? Right around 2012 or so. Mm-hmm. Right around the Tea Party. Sarah Palin. Yeah. Yeah. The particular flavor. Mm-hmm. Now, one of the first political films Steve Bannon ever made was a documentary about Sarah Palin. Yeah. Right around that time, she, uh, you know, that was when Russia was marching towards the start of the Ukraine conflict, which happened in 2014. Mm-hmm. With the Euromaidan uh, revolution and shit like that, right? That's when the Donbass, like the Russian separatists in, the, in fucking eastern Ukraine started doing yeah. their bullshit. Right, it was 2014. Steve Bannon was the CEO of Cambridge Analytica. Yeah. Cambridge Analytica were, were the people, the intelligence firm in England <clears throat> that used a social quiz. Like, what kind of fucking pharmaceutical numbing drug are you? What kind yeah. Of, are you a, what, what kind of what kind of power ranger are you? 
And in the fine print, you know, it said like, you click OK, it gives this thing <laughs> access takes, to yeah. all of your friend's personal information. Yep. In the fine print, no law against it yet. Fuck you. Yeah. Yeah, Steve Bannon was behind that. They use that to manipulate large swaths of the population to sway their opinion towards which way society goes. Right. You know, and this also speaks to, and this is what I really wanted to get into with a big series about uh, Russian uh, in research into the concept of the newosphere, which we briefly brought, brought up in our biosphere series. Yeah. And um, how the internet is basically the newosphere, the sphere of consciousness, like the atmosphere. and mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. And Bannon and Dugan know each other. Like these are part of the same, even though they disagree on where we're going, they're part of the same bullshit. They're, it's part right. of the same fucking thing. Right. These fucking wizards have been doing really weird shit. Yeah. In the U.S. for a fucking decade. Right. And longer. And but it, it also, flavor. it it doesn't hurt that there's also shit like a lot of police brutality yeah. and shooting of unarmed people that will also bring people to the streets and will sow dissent among the people. Yeah. No, like they're not creating flaws. They're, they're jamming just, picks into the cracks that are already there. Yeah. Like, dude, the... Internet Research Council, the St. Petersburg uh, group of propagandists, uh, you know, it's a fucking office building full of propagandists, the Russian trolls or whatever. What they were doing was literally setting up like they would make a they would pretend to be a Black Lives Matter group. Right. Then they pretend to be like a white nationalist group. They set up a fucking uh, Black Lives Matter protest literally across the street from like a fucking Second Amendment protest. Yeah. It was just the same Russian group setting up both these protests in a fucking small town in Texas. Right. They were just doing that shit. Like it, it's, it sounds so paranoid. But the amount of Russian sock puppet accounts on the internet, and like the amount of fucking political propaganda on those all are, sides. Those are both causes that Americans are passionate about, and will people will show up to every cause that people are passionate about. Russian fucking sports teams and shit. Yeah, so they can be capitalized on. Which sounds so insane. Right. Like that there's spooks everywhere. Right. Yeah. Like that sounds fucking paranoid as shit. No, it doesn't because as plan. long as. Um, you know, as long as there are people, they will be manipulated. Yeah. And there are many di- different ways to manipulate a person. So. Yes, there are. So, uh, yeah, Dugan also argued for a Russian empire that stretches all the way to fucking across Europe, the whole thing. Take the whole thing. In a very real sense, and, a, and slightly removed from Dugan, the war with Ukraine is, and I'm not exaggerating or embellishing or using hyperbole, it is a holy war. As we mentioned, Kiev was the first... Holy city of the Rus. Uh-huh. Dugin and Putin both see Russia, and I mean the whole of old Imperial Russia, the lands of the Slavic people, as an organic empire with its own unique identity that is neither East or West, but Eurasian. And as I've said, <coughs> traditionalism is hard to define as a philosophy, as we've established. But for a long time, traditionalist would have been the word to use to describe Dugin. Yeah. Nowadays, it seems that what exactly Dugin is has morphed into something weirder, something darker, something almost inevitable. One of the main concepts that Dugin is rocking now is this version of the philosopher Martin Heidegger, who is a Nazi and very hard to understand, his concept of Dyson, which can almost be understood as a cousin to Crowley's true will, a sort of individual destiny. Dyson? Dyson, Dyson, something like that. Yeah. I've never really been able to get through Heidegger. Yeah. Uh, I saw a video of that fucking weasel Michael Millerman explaining Dugan's position on <laughs> that. Um, Dugan, however, it's a, it's an idea of like the it's it's a more Nazi-ish dharma or true will. Yeah, is basically Dyson. Do you do you know what I'm saying? I do. Okay, Dugan believes in racial Dysons. Okay, <laughs> shared racial destinies, yeah, as okay. it were. Yeah. Now here's a little essay Dugan just wrote called Operation Z. Mm. Yeah, 
you know they started to use the the z symbol that they were using to mark the armored yeah the armored divisions going into ukraine that fucking z they turned it into a nazi slogan overnight then dugan writes this essay called z on z time on history clock what a uh, great way to take a symbol <laughs> i'm just gonna read a paragraph from the <sighs> yeah please just a paragraph Special Operation Z is not just the demilitarization and denazification of Ukraine, not just the rescue of the Russian people of Donbass and the assertion of sovereignty of the Russian state. This is a fundamentally new round of Russian history, returning us from decades of stagnation to the paths to the path of our original destiny, like the Third Rome, the great Christian empire, which keeps the whole world from sinking into the abyss. That's the part in Ooh, italics at the start. Okay. He goes, reality can be viewed from two sides. Imagine a transparent dial. On the one hand, the clock hand goes as it should go, but on the other, in the opposite direction. So where is she going, clockwise or counterclockwise? In this example, Pavel Florensky based his geometric picture explaining what imaginary numbers are. For example, I, the root of negative one. From this, he deduced the exact localization of hell and the interpretation of Dante's vertical travels. The fuck are you talking about? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It goes on like that for a while. <sighs> then it gets into some weird shit. It, like, it goes on for a while about the two sides of reality. The clock could be going in one direction. The clock could be going in the other direction. Who knows which way the fucking clock's going. Right. Again, it's just fucking nonsense. Yeah. It's fucking, fucking nonsense. But then in the part titled Russia as an Idea and Its Cycles. Um, and this was written like last month or maybe this month, end of February, beginning of March, three weeks in the past from where you guys are. Um, from the point of view of the spirit, looking at the dial from the right side now, I'm going to skip all that. Uh, Russia is an intellectual phenomenon. It's an idea. It's a whole thing. The materialistic paradigm, spiritual transformations, the catacomb, wow. the, the, fucking, the throne prepared for. God. But then it comes to... The man of destiny was to come to correct the Russian way and guide our ship to the last battle. What? Our country was created for the last battle, and all our historical wars and victories are just preludes to it. This suggested a complete break with the West as the civilization of the enemy, adversary Antichrist, return to deep Russian values in the Russian mission, creation of a completely autonomous and sovereign statehood without any reference to the norms of the West, capitalism, democracy, parliament, human rights, network technologies, gender politics. I literally took that list earlier from this fucking Yeah. Lesson. Yeah, it wasn't me. Wow, Dugan. Yeah. Building a new society based on a new political theory, the fourth political yeah. theory, the name of his magnum opus. So he's where, saying we want to just check out entirely from what the rest of the world is Where the church, doing. the empire, the people, and justice are at the center. Yeah. Unless you're gay. Yeah. Having gone through the difficult path of restoration, first of all spiritual, and then material, we would enter a new round of confrontation with the rest, with the civilization of the Antichrist, which during this time would become more and more openly satanic. The destruction of sex and families, preparation for the transfer of power to artificial intelligence, the total degeneration of morals, the dominance of extremely perverted philosophies such as postmodernism or LLC. I don't know what that means. Our fate was written in golden letters in heaven, and it was read by Russian czars, saints, elders, ascetics, warriors, philosophers, poets, and artists from the first centuries of holy Russia. We had to do just that, and that would be reality moving clockwise. Like, it gets straight up apocalyptic. Yeah, no, very. Right? Yes. Like, Russia will be the thing that, like, standing at the end of the end. The last part of this essay, to use the term loosely, yeah, is titled, Operation Z is the exit to the final round of history. 
Whoa. <laughs> like, what are you in such a rush for? Um, They're Russian. <laughs> again. He, They're Russian to the let end. Me, yeah, exactly. That's actually yeah. very good. Yes, yes. That's very, yeah. <laughs> um, let me just read the very end of this. Sovereignty is no longer enough. An attempt to repeat Western civilization, opposing it in a limited format on one-sixth, and today, alas, less, of the land will end in a quick failure. This is not possible and is not necessary. This is a trick. Sovereignty led us to a special military operation, and this is exactly right, but then something else is needed. It is necessary to get out of the mud of history once and for all. What is happening now is exactly what should have happened. The last battle of light and darkness. Us and them. Eurasia and the Atlantic. She started with the, con with the completion of the special military operation. It will not end. On the contrary, everything will really begin only then. Let's not get ahead of ourselves, but to think means to get ahead of ourselves. The future is created in the mind. If this is the correct future, clockwise on Florensky's dial. Okay, creepo. What the f- like, mm. <laughs> um, It's quite the future you're imagining, sir. Because it seems to me- He doesn't in this want shit, to destroy the world. It seems to me that this motherfucker literally just wants to destroy the world. Yeah. Oh, this is a passage from his magnum opus, Fourth Political Theory. End quote, the end times and the eschatolog eschatological meaning of politics will not realize themselves on their own. We will wait for the end in vain. The end will never come if we wait for it. And it will never come if we do not. If the fourth political practice is not able to realize the end of times, then it would be invalid. The end of days should come, but it will not come by itself. This is a task. It is not a certainty. It is an act of metaphysics. It is a practice. Mm. The meaning of Russia is that through the Russian people will be realized the last thought of God, the thought of the end of the world. Death is the way to immortality. Love will begin when the world ends. We must long for it like true Christians. We are uprooting the accursed tree of knowledge. With it will perish the universe. Man, they I'm were on. nihilists, man. Huh? They kept saying they believed in nothing. Nihilists. Fuck me. <laughs> I mean, say what you want about the tenets of National Socialism, dude. At least it's an ethos. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Bro. Like, just go have a banana split. Like, really? Honestly. Oh, there's a really funny um, exchange between Olavo de Carvalho and Dugan yeah. uh, in War for Eternity, where Dugan hates America, right? Right. Carvalho and Bannon love America. Yeah. So that's a split between these guys. Uh -huh. Right. They're at this conference of these fucking Nazis. Um, and Dugan goes on this whole fucking big thing about how America's evil. And then Carvalho gets up and he gives a speech and he uses the exact same logic tricks and like blatant word games and semantics games. Yeah. And the same way that Crowley fucking tried to get Wilfred Smith out of the OTO, it's yeah. the same fucking thing to do this whole fuck. This whole logic puzzle about how some fucking traditionalist said that the Antichrist would be represented by the by Ursa, the constellation Ursa Major, the bear. Yeah. And how there were no none of these like holy places or like places of power in Russia, but there was one in America and shit. He ends it with the bear thing. Yeah. And it's just like a mic drop and he walks away like and Dugan just like stamping his feet. Oh, yeah. 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 Try to out wizard that. You didn't prep a response for that, did you? Because I can imagine like. Like, fuck that. Like, yeah. those guys don't want to hear that shit. Like, that's no. fucking... Nah. No. And like, yeah. You dare fuck. challenge our nonsense? Like, 
it's hard to even say what these assholes want besides sheer rage and destruction. Yeah. Yeah. They contradict themselves with every fucking word. No, really. Seem to only want like control. we want to be sovereign and free by destroying everything. Well, yeah, or to, to destroy that which they, you know, like fucking, is that what everyone wants? Is that do you think the greater population at large really wants that? No, they don't care. They just want to fucking hurt what they yeah, blame exactly. for their lives not being perfect. It, it's just not God. fair. Fair. Who's the fucking nihilist around here? You bunch of fucking crybaby. Yeah. Like he talks about Russia like it's a person that that he is in custody of. Like it's like his baby that he has to care for and is the chosen person to decide its destiny. And it's like, who are you? He's a, he's a dangerous creep simping for a fucking egregore of a country. Yeah, simping exactly. For Russia. Yeah. But he doesn't he thinks that Russia is the fucking. Oh, the war, the light and darkness, Eurasia against the West. Like, what do you why do you think that's the be all but then end he all? He goes on to say that Russia's special destiny, the destiny is just death, is yeah. just destruction. It's he's just an he, he's just fucking a suicidal cult leader, occultist. Yeah. Death cult shit. It's just death cult shit again. Yeah. They're just that fucking angry. Right. Like, I mean, even Bannon, when he first got to the White House, I remember this. Like he said he, he was a fucking he quoted fucking he said he was a Leninist in a certain way. And he wanted to fucking uh, break down the systems that need to be breaking de- that were already breaking down. He wanted to do it fucking faster. Like you've got this hardcore fucking right wing capitalist, allegedly Wall Street guy describing himself as a Leninist when he's entering into the White House with Donald Trump. He's like, so weird. The I Lenin, Vladimir Ilyich Ulyanov. I just need an excuse to play that one. You know? <laughs> there you go. Yeah. You gotta cross him off the list before we wrap shit up. <laughs> yeah, I know. Well, we're, we're right there, and I just needed to. Yeah, yeah. just need to get some more Lebowski in. Right. And yeah. Man, my script for this is full of just rants and tangents. It's a, it's a, it's a huge topic that it, like I can't even yeah. do justice to. But I know a lot more than I did. Yeah. And so like, that's something. So like, I, I will say like more than like any other topic I've ever talked about. Don't just take my word for this. Like mm-hmm. more than any other topic I've covered. I'm an idiot podcaster who's done some reading and got scared. That's <laughs> it. Like, because I, if I, if anything I got wrong, I got wrong. Like don't base a worldview around it. Like, Look at it yourself. Yeah, we're like, just chatting here. Yeah. Just exploring some ideas here. But it's, you know, should America be the world police, the hegemon of the new world order? No. No. But neither should all the nations of the world separate into their own theocratic hermit states. Mm-hmm. Honestly, like, that's not going to solve anything. Yeah. The, as far as technological progress and money and all this shit goes, the cat's out of the fucking bag. It right. is we're Pandora's box. We're not going to turn back the uh, hands of time. No. And you can't just change We're the way you look at it. moving clockwise, Dugan. And, and that's why, you know, I believe we do have to like build our own meaning. And it has to be based around like going forward. Yeah. Like we can paddle our way out of these, out of this white water. Uh-huh. We're not going to make it back to the mouth of the river. No. It's not happening. We can keep going though. Flipping the boat over is not going to help anybody. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you. For thank that, you guys for listening. For lesson. I don't know if it was a lesson. I'm tired. I'm tired of Nazis. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, I know what traditionalism is now. I asked it at the beginning. Yeah. I think I know. I think I know too, I but think I don't. I know. I'm, you yeah. know, this is my ignorant opinion. <laughs> but you know what? That's it. Thank you guys for listening. Thank Follow you. us on all the bullshit. We love you. Yes, please, please, please. And uh, I'll leave you with this. I guess that's the way the whole darn human comedy keeps 
perpetuating itself down through the generations, westward the wagons, across the sands of time until we... Oh, look at me. I'm rambling again. <laughs> well, I hope you folks enjoyed yourselves. Catch you later on down the trail. Say, friend, get any more of that good sarsaparilla? Uh, <laughs>